Sure is good to see you all here tonight. Boy, it's warm out. Praise the Lord for being able to get into some air conditioning. I'll try to keep you awake. Some of you that worked outside all day today know it takes it out of you, and you come in here and sit down. Now you've got to try to stay awake, try to do a good job of keeping you awake tonight. It's like the man that was sitting there in the pew, and he fell asleep, and the preacher said to the man sitting next to him, could you please wake up Tim? I mean, wake him up. He's falling asleep. And the man replies back to the preacher, you put him to sleep, you wake him up yourself. Oh, man. That's Brother Randy's joke he told many years ago, and it's still not any better tonight than it was then. Isaiah chapter 14, we're looking tonight. I want us to read here as we continue looking through the book of Isaiah. What a wonderful book. There's so much that we can glean from. We're basically, we're just scratching the surface in our study of this. But I want us to look there at verse number 24, Isaiah 14 and verse number 24. The Lord of hosts hath sworn, saying, Surely as I have thought, so shall it come to pass. And as I have purposed, so shall it stand, that I will break the Assyrian in my hand, and upon my mountains tread him underfoot. Then shall his yoke depart from off them, and his burden depart from off their shoulders. This is the purpose that is purposed upon the whole earth. And this is the hand that is stretched out upon all the nations. For the Lord of hosts hath purposed, and who shall disannul it? And his hand is stretched out, and who shall turn it back? I want to begin tonight with a very serious matter. I want to tell you about the man that was sitting outside, and he was kind of philosophizing about God's creation. And he was asking God, God, why did you take watermelons and put them on that little vine down there, and you take that, 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 that big old watermelon, you put it on that little vine, you take this little walnut and you put it on a tree. And he was asking God why, and he was trying to think it through and try to figure it out. About that time, a walnut fell from the tree that he was sitting under and hit him right in the forehead. And at that moment in time, you guys know what he said, don't you? Thank you, God. <laughs> Real simple. You know, there's some things we don't understand. There's a lot of stuff in this world that we can't comprehend. But I can tell you this, I'm thankful that God knows what is best. That God is in control of our life. That God is in control. That God has has a purpose. And He does what He does on purpose. Tonight I want us to continue our series we've been looking at of seeing God through the eyes of Isaiah. Being able to see just a picture of God as we go through and just pull some verses out from Isaiah. There's so many wonderful verses Isaiah, as he, he describes God, he talks ab- about God, he gives us the Word of God, and we, we learn more about God through studying the book of Isaiah. I mean, we've talked about the fact that this could be a, a book that you would go to for theology and learning about God through the book of Isaiah. And tonight I want us to continue, and I want you to notice that and if, if we just read these verses, in verses 24 through 27, we see a word that is, is used five different times. The word purpose or purposed. Five different times we see that in our text tonight. Purpose or purposed. Isaiah is teaching us that God is a God of bright design and sovereign will. God has a purpose. And Isaiah tells us in our text tonight that he he is a God that has a, a purpose for what he is doing and a purpose for what is going on in our life. 
Isaiah is telling us that God is not a passenger either in the car. In our life, as we're going down the road of life, He's not a passenger. Isaiah is telling us here that God is literally the driver in the driver's seat, driving down the road of life, and we are the passengers. God is in control of our life. God's hand is on the steering wheel. And God is in control of our life. What we do in our life, the road that we take, is by His choosing, and He has a purpose for it. And so I want us to look at this passage tonight, and I want us to learn about our God that is in the driver's seat. Let's have a word of prayer. Lord, thank You so much for loving us and being a God that cares. Lord, You have a purpose for our life. Lord, I'm thankful tonight that we can trust in You. I pray, Lord, that You would just encourage us as we look at this, just a simple passage of Scripture tonight. But Lord, it's, it's so encouraging. Um, and if we'll grasp the meaning that you have for us tonight, the message that we have for us tonight, Lord, it can be so encouraging and helpful and help us to understand and to be able to trust more. I pray, Lord, that you'd be glorified. Lord, I thank you for allowing us to know you and to know that you are a God that is sovereign, a God that is in control, a God that wants what's best for our life. I pray, Lord, you would just speak to our hearts now and encourage us, lift us up. May we trust in you more. Build our faith, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I want you to notice here tonight, the first thing that we see here when we think about God is in the driver's seat, that we see God's connection to the happenings of life. The happenings of life. Look at verse number 26. Notice what it says again. There we read, this is the purpose that is purposed upon the whole earth, and this is the hand that is stretched out upon all the nations. Isaiah tells us that God's purposes are connected to the whole earth. God's purposes are connected upon all nations. God is in control. Listen, God is not disconnected to all the happenings that are going on in this world today. God is not out of control. God is still on the throne. He is connected to everything that goes on in the, the earth and amongst all the nations today. God is not a God that sits on a throne far away, out of connection, out of reach, out of care for us here on this earth. God is in control. God knows what's going on. He is a God that cannot be divorced from all that happens. I want you to grab that thought tonight. He is a God that cannot be divorced from all that happens. I want you to notice first with me, if you would, that He cannot be divorced from the existence of life itself. You can't remove Him from life. He is connected to life. Isaiah, in chapter 17, verse 7, he says, At that day shall a man look to his Maker. Again, he says in Isaiah 45, 9, Woe unto him that striveth with his Maker. And then once again, Isaiah chapter 51, verse 13, he says, And forgettest the Lord thy Maker? We see over and over again that Isaiah is recognizing that God is our Maker. We need to understand that. God is our Maker. You say, well, I already understand that. Well, understand that God's involved in making us, and therefore God is in control. God is the Creator. God is the one that created man, and we are existing because God created us for a purpose. God has a plan for our life. God created us. You know, there are those that have us believe that man evolved from monkeys. I mean, can you imagine? I know they say apes, but it sounds better if I say monkeys because it fits with the poem I want to read you. <laughs> you ever heard the poem entitled Monkey Shines? 
This is really deep stuff tonight. You're going to love this. I know you will. Three monkeys sat in a coconut tree, discussing things as they said they should be. Said one to the others, now listen you two, there's a certain rumor that isn't true that man descended from our noble race. The very idea is a big disgrace. For no monkeys ever deserted his wife, starved their babies and ruined their life. And you've never known a mother monk to leave her babies with others to bunk or pass them on from one to another till they scarcely know who is their mother. Here's another thing a monkeys won't do or a monkey won't do. Go out at night and get on a stew or use a gun or club or a knife to take some other monkey's life. Yes, man descended. The ornery cuss. But brother, he didn't descend from us. <laughs> now listen, I might have some ancestors that hung from a tree from their neck. But I never had an ancestor that hung from a tree from their tail. Amen, right? I mean, all of us can probably say that. Well, we all can say that tonight. I said that probably about the neck part. I wasn't talking about the tail part. But listen, God cannot be divorced from the existence of life. God created us. Okay, if we understand that, we don't believe that we happen by chance. I'm trying to make a connection here. We need to really nail home. If I don't believe that I am here by accident, I must then also believe that God created me for a purpose and that God has my life purposed out or planned out. God has a reason for our life. If God created us. And so, which brings me to my next point, that he cannot be divorced from the experiences of life. The experiences of life. We weren't created by God then left to do the best we can. To go out and do whatever we wanted to do the best we can and try to somehow you know, do something that is honorable or good. And listen, God is connected to everything that happens in life. God is connected to the experiences of life. Think about the great example of Joseph. Was God connected to the experiences of his life? You remember the story. It's a very familiar story. I think everyone here knows the story of Joseph, how God worked in his life. You remember how he was sold into slavery by his brothers. He ends up in Egypt and the horrible time that he went through it and the time that when he went from the time he was sold into slavery, the time he first got there, the, I mean, the, the terrible things he went through in his life. And yet Joseph testifies in Genesis chapter 50, verse 20. He says, but as for you, you thought evil against me, but God meant it unto good to bring it to pass as it is this day to save much people alive. He understood. Joseph was declaring that God had been connected to all the things that had happened in his life. And when you know what happened in his life, man, I'll tell you what, what faith he had to, 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 to acknowledge that truth. Even when it seemed that God had nothing to do with what was going on, God had been there in his life. He had not been disconnected. He was involved in everything that had happened in Joseph's life. You know, there may be things that happen in life which first appears as though as God is absent in our life. We all go through those times. Things that happen and it's like, where is God in this? How could God let this happen? Why am I going through this situation? There are many things like that in our life. But you know, later we realize, if you look back at your life and you look back at things that have happened, later we realize often that God was there all the time. And the reason I say often is because there's going to be some things we won't realize until we get to heaven. And then we'll look back and say, God was there all the time. God was in control. 
And so we see God's connection to the happenings of life. Secondly, I want you to notice with me, look at verse number 24. We see God's control of the happenings of life. In verse 24, notice it says, The Lord of hosts has sworn, saying, Surely as I have thought, so shall it come to pass. And as I have purposed, so shall it stand. Look at verse 27. Look what he says further. For the Lord of hosts hath purposed, and who shall disannul it? And his hand is stretched out, and who shall turn it back? Isaiah tells us here that God's purposes not only are connected to the whole earth and all nations, but that His purposes will come to pass. That they will stand. And no one can disannul it. No one can violate it. No one can break it up. No one can cause it to cease. When God says it's going to happen, you can mark it down, it's going to happen. God is in control. And Isaiah, he describes a God that has absolute control of life's happenings. He tells us that God's purposes are overruling and authoritative. In a nutshell, Isaiah tells us that God is in control of the experiences and the happenings of life. Now, that doesn't, that doesn't change the free will choices that we have. God, and it's hard for me to wrap my mind around all of this, but I believe in the sovereignty of God and I also believe in the free will of man. We have to understand that based on the Word of God. God does allow us to have choice, but before we make that choice, God already knows what choice we're going to make, so God is still sovereign. God already knows. God already knew the day, the day, the moment that you trusted in Christ as your Savior. He knew it before the foundation of the world. God knows what you're going through right now as well. God knows the difficulty you're facing. He knows the hardship that you faced. You see, the happenings of life are His appointments. They're His appointments. When we realize that God is in control of the happenings of life, then we understand that life is not a series of accidents, but it's a series of appointments. I've heard this saying before, and it's a good saying, something maybe for you to memorize or remember or just maybe just think of for a moment. Disappointments are his appointments. Think about that. Disappointments are his appointments. Have you been disappointed in life? Anybody here ever been disappointed in life? Raise your hand. Yeah, I think everybody's been disappointed in life. Do you realize, though, that our disappointments are his appointments? God has a purpose and plan for it. God has a reason for it. I love the way that Andrew Murray um, wrote it. And um, he, he wrote this about uh, approaching the distressful happenings of life. And he said this. He says, in times of trouble, say this, first of all, number one. He brought me here. It's by his will that I'm in this straight place. And then that I will rest. He brought me here. I know I'm here because it's his will, and therefore I will rest. Next, he says, he will keep me here in his love and give me grace in his tri this trial to behave as his child. He's going to give me the grace and I ought to behave as his child. Then he will make the trial a blessing, teaching me the lessons he intends me to learn and working in me the grace that he means to bestow. Last, he says, in his good time, he can bring me out again. How and when? He knows. Say this, I am here by God's appointment, in his keeping, under his training, for his time. How true it is. How true it is. God, he has a purpose. 
as it says there in verse number 26, it tells us that we can look at the happenings of life and say, this is the purpose that is purposed. Look at it. Look at the first phrase there. Verse number 26. This is the purpose that is purposed. Would you say that with me tonight? This is the purpose that is purposed. Let's say it again. This is the purpose that is purposed. You're, you're, you're facing a difficult situation. You're facing something you don't understand. You're asking God why. Go back to this verse. This is the purpose that is purposed. I trust you, God. I trust you. You created me. You created me with a purpose. Nothing happens by chance. God is in control. This is the purpose that is purposed. I want you to notice also that the happenings of life are his arrangements. His arrangements. God not only purposes things for our life, but he also arranges things to fulfill those purposes of our life. He arranges things. He is the one that determines what happens, but works all things to make them happen. There's a lot of things that go into making them happen. I can tell you this, if I was in charge of having to do all of that for what has happened in my life, I would make a miserable mess of it. Am I the only one here tonight that would say amen to that? I am so thankful that God sees the big picture as though I can't. I'm so thankful that God, He does the happenings to make what happens in my life for His purpose happen. There are so many details of all the different things that are going on. In verse number 24, we see it tells us that the Lord of hosts hath sworn, saying, Surely as I have thought, so shall it come to pass. And as I have purposed, so shall it stand. See, God sees to it that all His plans and purposes are fulfilled. He appoints the happenings of life, and then He arranges the fulfillment of those purposes. It was February 14, 1947. Avianca airline flight bound for Quito, Ecuador, crashed into the 14,000-foot-high peak of El Tablazo. The plane then dropped in a flaming mess of metal into a ravine far below. Everybody was killed instantly. Terrible tragedy. Well, aboard that plane was a young man. His name was Glenn Chambers. Glenn Chambers, he had surrendered to the ministry. He was on his way down to Ecuador to join the ministry of the Voice of the Andes. Just before leaving the airport in Miami, he hurriedly dashed um, and grabbed a piece of paper that he found on the ground to, to write a note on the back of that paper to send to his mom. He got it all put together. He wrote it on there. It was an advertisement on the back of it. It was empty. He filled it all out, folded that thing up, put it in an envelope, put it inside the mail. You see that scrap of paper being an advertisement on the front side of it where the advertisement read, right in the very middle in great big bold letters had the word, why? Why? Between the time the letter was mailed and it arrived, Chambers was killed. When his mother opened the envelope, staring her in the face was the word, why? You ever had the question, why, in your life? Can you imagine? Yes, some can. Why? There are many things in life that cause us to ask why. Many challenges. Yet we know that God is connected to the happenings of our life. Yet we know that He is in control with the events of our life. We know that God loves us. 
We may not know why, but we can say that we are in His will, that it's His, by His appointments and His arrangements that those things happened. I can't answer the question why for many things that have happened to people here in this crowd. Things that break the heart. We have to realize that God is in control, that God is our creator, that God created us with a purpose, and that God, He is the one that is in control, and He is sovereign. He has appointments. Isaiah, once again, there in chapter 14, verse 26, he says, this is the purpose that is purposed. This is the purpose that is purposed. God has a purpose. God has a plan. God has a reason. I like what Esther Fields wrote. She said, things don't just happen to us who love God. They're planned by His own dear hand, then molded and shaped and timed by His clock. Things don't just happen. They're planned. They're planned. We must grab onto that and realize it. Hold on to that and trust in God. Believing that He loves us, that He knows what's best for our life. God's not looking at things in the, the, the two-dimensional or three-dimensional way that we see things in this world. God is looking at the big picture of all eternity. Eternity past, eternity future. God knows what is best, even though we don't understand at times. We don't comprehend why. We must trust in who? We're talking about God. God that loves us. God that has a purpose for our life. The final thing that is brought to our attention here in this passage is not only is our God that He has purposes, that He has purposed, but that His purposes have meaning and reason. It's not arbitrary. God has a purpose that has meaning and reason. And we see God call, God's cause for the happenings of life. What is the cause? First of all, there is the purpose of edification. In chapter 14, the specific purpose of, that God is revealing there in, as, as Isaiah is referring to, uh, talking about the Assyrians, we read there in verse number 25, he says that I will break the Assyrian in my hand and upon my mountains tread him underfoot. The Assyrians had invaded Judah and God's purposes that He is going to bring judgment upon them, that He's going to break the Assyrians, that He would tread them under His foot. And involved in this purpose was as at the latter part of verse 25. If you see it there, he says, Then shall his yoke depart from off them, and his burden depart from off their shoulders. What does this mean? Well, God is going to bring Judah out from under a repressive condition. He was going to lift their yoke. He was going to lift their burden. You see, behind God's purposes was the edification of His people. God was going to edify them. And I can say this tonight from the bottom of my heart, the more that I learn about God, the more I am brought to understand that He appoints and arranges the affairs, the events, and the happenings of my life. I've seen it again and again and again. They're not always pleasant. They're not always easy. But the more I learn about God, the more I realize that His purposes for me in my life are for the benefit and blessings of my life. I haven't figured them all out yet, but I can tell you, I can list a whole bunch where I look back and I see how God worked and how God 
He edified me through it. How God allowed me to grow through it. How it benefited my life. How it caused my faith to grow. How it molded me and made me. And I've got a lot of work yet in my life. But I praise God for what He's done in my life. You look at what God's doing in your life. Understand this. God's doing it because He wants to build you. He wants to mold you. He wants to edify you. He's not doing it with no cause or reason. It's not arbitrary. It's not by chance. I wasn't created by chance. I didn't evolve. We have a God in heaven that is sovereign, that created every one of us and knows our name. God has a purpose for your life. God has a plan. God, He uses these things in your life because He wants to edify you. you know, the purpose of, of God are nowhere better explained than in Romans 8.28. We all know the verse. Many of us know it by heart. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to His purpose. Do you believe that tonight? Do you believe it? Amen. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to His purpose. That's me. That's you. God is working. God has a purpose. Secondly, there is purpose, the purpose of exaltation. The purpose of exaltation. You know, if you notice carefully in verse number 25, what do you see there that's interesting about the land and the mountain? What do you see there? Do you see it? Look at verse 25. What do you see that's interesting about, unique about the land and the mountain? What do you see? Colin? Yeah, mine. My land. My mountain. Who's speaking here? God is. God says, that's my land. That's my mountain. You see, there's also a personal purpose in all of God's doing. God isn't just doing it for edification. God is doing it for His exaltation. God is doing it that glory might come to Him. God is doing it that He might reveal Himself of who He is to us and also to mankind. God is an awesome God. God is bigger than anything this world will ever see. God is greater than anything this world will ever see. He is exalted, and His purposes were revealing. They revealed Him as the mighty, sovereign God. Listen, no one was going to thwart His purposes. No one was going to stop what He was going to do. No one could stop Him from bringing to pass what He was going to do. The Assyrian army could not stop Him from doing what He was going to do. He was greater than anything. He's going to do exactly what He desired. And He can stop any nation. He can stop any Congress. He can stop any President. Are you all with me tonight? You understand what I'm saying? God is in control. God received glory. God received exaltation. God received praise as a result of what was going to happen. So what does Isaiah tell us about God? He teaches us that God is in the driver's seat. God is in control. His hand is on the wheel and the direction that we choose, that He chooses, excuse me, determines the direction of our life. God has a purpose for what you're going through. God has a design and a cause and effect of how He's working in your life. And the more that I learn about Him, the more that I am so ever grateful that He is the one that is driving. <laughs> I'm a passenger. 
I need to choose to trust him. He knows what's best. Let's all stand with our heads bowed and eyes closed as we pray. Lord, we're so thankful tonight. Thank you so much for being our God and our Father. Thank you that we are created on purpose for a purpose. And Lord, I just pray that tonight you would encourage our hearts. Lord, I pray for those perhaps that are carrying heavy burden. It might be one that's been carried for a long time. It might be one that's brand new. But they're still carrying it. I pray, Lord, tonight that we would put our faith and trust in you. I pray, Lord, that tonight that even though we are able to ask the question why, that we would understand the who, that you are God. We put our faith and trust in you. Lord, that we would remember that you have a purpose. You have appointments for our life. There's things that you do that we don't understand at times, but Lord, there's, there's reasons for it. You've promised us so. You've told us that all things work together for good to them love God, to them that are called according to your purpose. Lord, you have a, a reason. Lord, you're in control of all the happenings of life. I pray, Lord, that we would trust in you. With our heads bowed and eyes closed tonight, let me ask you, do you know Christ as your Savior? Have you put your faith and trust in him? You know you're a child of God on your way to heaven. God's forgiven you. You've been born again. You know you're on your way to heaven. If that's your testimony, would you just put your hand up? Say, yes, I know I'm saved. I know I'm a child of God. God bless me. Put your hands down. Praise the Lord. What a wonderful privilege to know that. God knew the exact moment that you'd trust in Christ as your Savior. He knows everything about you, and yet he loves you unconditionally. Not only did God know the exact moment that you would trust in Christ as your Savior, the exact moment you'd be born into this world physically and spiritually, God knows everything that's going on in your life. And he has a purpose. You trust in him for eternal life. Won't you trust in him for the life you're in right now? the daily life, the challenges of life. Whatever you're facing right now, would you put your faith and trust in Him? Is God speaking to your heart tonight? I would invite you tonight to just thank God. Thank God that He is in control, that God loves you. He loves you enough to be involved in your life and direct and guide You might be carrying a heavy burden tonight, something that's so heavy. You can't bear it alone. Why don't you ask the Lord to help you with that tonight and put your faith and trust in Him. As the piano's playing, heads are bowed, eyes are closed, I invite you. If God's spoken to your heart tonight, would you respond? You can kneel there at the seat that you're in front of, or you can come down to this altar. I invite you, won't you pray tonight? Won't you thank him? Maybe tonight you just need to look back and see how God's worked in the past. You've seen his sovereign hand. 
and right now you're facing a difficult situation, won't you put your faith and trust in him right now? Say, God, you did it before. God, I believe you'll do it again. I trust you.